Welcome in to the CHGO White Sox podcast coming to you live from Studio B of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me is Vinny Duber, our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. The man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. Follow him at Eckenwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. You can follow the show at CHGO underscore White Sox. And I'm not sure if I told you, I'm at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We're being produced today by Sarah. Hi. Hello. Um, Sarah's got a cool jacket on and it's cold, which I know, Vinny, you're very happy about. Thank you. <laughs> yes, you know my love of winter. Um, I would like to beg everyone's pardon if we're like moving and acting weird and looking weird. This is our first uh, trip to the new look Studio B. So uh, we have no idea where, what to do with our hands. Oh, yeah. Or anything like that. Herb and I did the Ricky Bobby, you know, thing yeah. the first time we were in here. Yeah. Uh, it's not. It's, we're getting used to it here. I'm going um, with the, I'm going with a lean, a works. lean for mm-hmm. now. But you might you see don't that look change. comfortable, huh? You don't look comfortable. Well, the alternative is just to kind of float, like I'm sitting on a like a stool. And I I don't have good posture. I don't know about you, gentlemen. I do not. Yeah, so, it could be this, could be this really forces me to be a proper human. Yeah. Which I feel like Larry stuff. King though when I'm doing this. Cleveland, hello. <laughs> Uh, we got a super chat starting us off. And if you are watching, hit the thumbs up button. Make sure you're subscribing. Uh, our GM, Jake Flanagan, uh, let us know that we had another of our best months ever, right? It was the our best month be- ever. Best month ever, again, uh, with the most engagements. I think we're closing in on uh, 2 million monthly engagements. So tell your fr- uh, tell your friends, tell your family. Uh, let's Keep engaging with us. Keep engaging with us. Uh, keep hitting that <laughs> like button. Keep subscribing. Uh, keep hitting that comment button like Connor Smith did. Uh, a $2 super chat from our friend uh, saying Bane's 121 OPS plus over Fisk's 117 OPS plus. Uh, what What is this saying? You know, Connor, can you try to decipher this? He's informing everyone that Harold Baines's career OPS plus oh. is higher than that of Carlton Fisk, Paul Canerco, and Cal Ripken Jr. Okay. Two of those three I, are Hall of Famers. Exactly. Well, I two didn't. of those three that Baines has beaten is Paul a Hall Canerco, of Famer. isn't yeah, that's the only one that's not. Okay. I was I guess I was just confused by PK. Um I I mean Carlton Fisk was a catcher though. Again, I don't I think I mean, that's presented without without yes. argument. It's just to show you that those are the stats. He's okay. pr- he's writing a fact and however you react to it is how you react to it. Okay. That uh, And Sean instantly started arguing. Oh yeah, cuz <laughs> perfect. <laughs> that's just kind of my nature. Uh God bless you Connor. I love you. Uh but I mean one was a designated hitter. And he's only four points better than two you guys in the Hall of Fame that played defensively harder and more important positions. I don't know why you're trashing Harold Baines for being good. Was he good? Oh my God! Here we go. This is a different show. You just, you just, you just, you looked at you looked at a positive stat uh, of someone, and 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 your shit, and your right? instant reaction was, yeah, okay, yeah. good for him being oh. better than someone who's in the Hall of Fame. He. Is in the Hall of Fame, and that number is better than that. Those numbers. What, Andrew Benatendi? Did you make lifelong memories in 2021 when you went to the All Star Game, dork? Um, yeah. Now I feel like he's coming after me, Herb. No, <laughs> what? Why am I coming after you? Because no, I, I just remind that you that Andrew Benatendi was in the All Star. Yeah, game. no, but I thought that was a. I thought you were making a good point that Connor was just pointing out something positive. Oh, he was, and I was yeah. a dick. Yeah, you so were. So then I was trying to just be a more of a, <laughs> See, a jerk, Connor, like what I said. He's before. sitting back at home. Um, he has the death creators. <laughs> yes, he is right there. Stir in the pot. <laughs> Cal Ripken was awful. I did hear that. Oh, look at that party foul! All right, so that's the second spillage oh, we've had. Oh, good oh, lord, lord. Chuck, 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 Move Chuck. This. We know you can't. Move this. Oh God! All right, we got a little spear, uh, spillage <laughs> of the tropical beer hug. I'll be back. <laughs> you don't need to leave. Sarah Sarah's ran. Running. Sarah ran. This you is just good. Fight, We're just okay corralling this beer. See what you started, sure Connor. That, um, studio B, folks. So the new look Studio B. I'll let B. you know about the show today. This um, is this Tune in all the time. We're going to talk a little bit about. Ratings and tuning in. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, we're going to talk about the World Series ratings. No, nope. Sarah. I didn't. Thank you, Sarah. Can I tell you something? I think the we're people, Sean, a what little you, bit I come more. back and you're like trying There's to soak it up right with here, your Sean. hands. Oh, I didn't see that. Uh, because because uh, it, it's about to spill all over my legs. <laughs> I'll tell you this. The folks at Goose Island oh, make geez, a, make a beer great, by my laptop. The oh, folks sorry. at Goose Island make a great smelling beer. It does. It smells like pineapple. We're having a honking good time here in Studio V today. Two things from Connor. My bad, guys. Mercy. Let me away from the thing. 
I haven't even drank any yet. Yeah, well, wow, yeah. just a I, full I one. For, I mean, here, here, yeah, 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 exactly. You take over the hosting, okay? And I'll do this. <laughs> I, I, hey, this is good television. It's horrible radio. Uh, all right, so uh, we're going to be talking about World Series ratings today. Uh, we're going to be also bringing up. Uh, it's behind me. Uh, behind you, your elbow's going to hit it if it's behind you. Just no. chug it. Just get rid of it. No, I'm never giving her any juice. <laughs> No, I oh, meant chug I, it, oh, like, I, you know, oof, get you, rid of the liquid. You want that show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it'll be lively. Yes, um, you're, be. you're drinking a beer anyways. I, I mean, mean, this has been one of the livelier shows so far. Did you see that Carm dumped a ton of water on Hogue? So, Today? Yeah, Literally? Yeah, so, I mean, this is the, I mean, the day of spills. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. I, I kind of lost it. I haven't gotten through the full show. It was like an hour and 30 minutes. The bear um, show. Yeah, yeah, so I'm like 45 minutes in, and apparently he hasn't uh, gotten spilled with water, but Adam Hogue showed me his wet butt today, so it was cool. <laughs> there's um, there's a there's an audio drop. In wet butt 23, the guy who broke the, yeah. the news a couple and, years ago? And uh, Katy Perry's booty hole. Quintana, um, the Quintana traded, right? Yeah. <laughs> Legend. Uh, okay, so let's get into uh, ratings for the World Series. Uh, then we're going to talk about the 2024 and 2025 uh, class and say, you know, the Rangers got here with Seager and Simeon. Are there the White Sox versions of Seager and Simeon in the upcoming free agent classes uh, to make them competitive in 2025? Uh, and then we'll wrap up with uh, Herb's new bit for November. Yeah. And you did it after. I mean, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you're not clean shaven today, or at least shaving enough for your bit. Oh, just and, uh, grow it back. Yeah, it takes I, a long time. I feel remiss shaving my face because I I had a mustache, and and here we are. But anyways, let's jump into the ratings. Uh, the 2023 World Series, and this is from Front Office Sports, is on pace to be the least watched ever. And they also have this graph uh, since 2016. Uh, the ratings have gone from 22.8 million, 18.9 million. 14.1 million, 13.9 million. The COVID season, 9.8 million. Uh, in 2021, 11.7 million. In 2022, 11.7 million. And then this year, 8.5 million. Guys, what do you think about baseball and its ratings problem for the World Series? Well, I mean, listen, I think we've brought this up before. And I think my takeaway always when we talk about, oh my goodness, baseball isn't as popular as it used to be kind of thing is that like, well, it's okay it's still popular, right? I mean, like, I don't think anybody's like at, at the MLB league offices is looking at this and like, well, guys, that's it. We're going to pack it in. No more baseball. You know, I mean, like it just because football and basketball have overtaken it in terms of nationwide popularity doesn't mean that this is still, isn't still a very popular and very profitable enterprise. Right. And so it's not like we're sitting here talking about, you know, or trying to get people excited about the pro ping pong league or anything like that. This is still uh, a gigantic sport in the United States of America. But hey, those are two franchises playing this year that don't generate a lot of national interest. You see a lot of people around, you know, very excited to see what's up with the Texas Rangers, or the Arizona Diamondbacks. That's just kind of the way of things, I think that there's only a handful of teams in the league that you could say would fit into that category. And there have been uh, recent World Series that you read the numbers of in which those teams were featured, right? I mean, you went all the way back to 2016 when the Cubs were playing. That's a big national team, right? Whenever the Yankees or the Red Sox are involved, whenever, you know, obviously the COVID season is a little different case, but if the Dodgers were playing, the Astros have been villains across baseball. So there's a tune in uh, desire there. The Braves, everybody in the South is a Braves fan. And the Phillies, um, you know, it's not surprising given the matchup this year uh, that those are the, the the numbers are what they are. That being said, though, I think you know baseball fans care about baseball. They're interested to know what happens. It just doesn't mean that you're grabbing some random person off the street and getting them to watch the World Series if they haven't really paid any attention to the sport to, leading up to that. So I think. We always talk about it being a more regional game, that kind of thing. I don't think there's really anything wrong with that as long as baseball fans are still getting access to their sport, which, of course, they are. Yeah, and I think that it's it's a good point, Vinny, but I think MLB wants to expand where they're, at, where they're at right now, where a couple of years ago, I think in 2017, they did a survey where 57 was the average age of MLB World Series viewers. And while the other leagues are in their 40s, MLB's people are aging out you know because when i was in radio 
the key demographic was men 25 to 54. And if you're out of that demo or under that demo, we didn't really care about you in radio. And so that's what MLB has to do. They have to worry about, okay, yes, it's good that our people are 57. That means they have more established. They have more money, more money to spend on the advertisers, but also they're aging out of what we were looking for. Now, how do we capture the younger viewers? That's, I think, most of the things that have been wrong with MLB. But yeah, you've seen in the last couple of years, they've been trying to get uh, younger viewers to stay in with the pitch clock thing, which I think even older people were like initially like ah, you're messing baseball up. Baseball doesn't have a clock. Now we saw what the product was this year. We're like much better. Perfect. And person that uh, probably doesn't watch baseball because three hours long on average this year, it's two thirty, a little bit more. And then they're doing the other things to help get the young viewer in. But baseball can't worry about the low attendance. As you said, they can't do anything about a Texas market that's never won a World Series and an Arizona market that has won a World Series to, um, and doesn't really capture the fans of baseball as a whole. And so they Philadelphia would have been a, been a better thing. So would Houston, the rematch from last year would have been definitely better. But I don't think they you know say, hell, OK, Texas and Arizona are poison for us. We can't have this again. They just go let the things fly where they are and. Baseball is a sport that's a niche sport. It's very hard to get in when you're older. Like the other sports, football, you can get in when you, even if you didn't play football, you can get in when you're like past 18. Baseball, you either have to watch and or play as a kid, I think, to actually appreciate it as an adult because it's so many nuances, so many little things that we talk about now about how baseball is played that if you're just a guy or girl joining it when you're 20, 21, you're like, this is boring and very, very difficult to follow. I don't know. I mean, baseball is the most rudimentary sport out of them all. Is I it? mean, yeah, you could, it's the it's the earliest one, right? I mean, b- basketball I wasn't s- invented until the the peach sure. basket and Naismith and the gridiron and John Heisman. Well, but just because something's old doesn't mean that it's simple, right? And I, I think what Herb's getting at is if you were to show somebody who's never watched a basketball game a basketball game, okay. they're gonna go, "Oh, they got to get it in the hoop." Okay, it's, understood. Yeah, you know it, what I mean. And I think and and I, I'm not, that's not to me for me to sit here and say that you need an uh, advanced degree to understand what's going on in baseball. But I get what Herb's saying. That being said. I think that's part of the fun. I think you know, I think every person is individually their own their own way. I think in general you're seeing a younger people not watching live TV very much, right? Yes. They're watching things the next day on YouTube or on on, on social media. Um, you know, things are changing for everybody, and I think. What you got to look at in terms of baseball is not necessarily the TV ratings. Look at look at the money they're still making. Yes. And when this while this league is still making over ten billion dollars a year. <laughs> Baseball's just fine, folks. I think yes, it's it going to be okay. Uh, it's fine now, but I don't. I worry about the future. No, I, I, I new think people coming in. I and think generating that wealth for them that they have right now. Well, well you look at twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. The the ratings stayed the same with similar markets. I mean, Philadelphia and Atlanta are rival sports markets, at least especially in the NL East. Yeah. Um, so it makes sense that it was eleven point seven both years. Houston was still the the matchup. You look at. That state, I mean, there's two American League teams, and Houston's a bigger city than Arlington. So, of course, more, more people are going to be drawn to Houston because, well, Texas is a massive state. And well, Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, it's a... <laughs> It's the whole Metroplex Metro here, Sean. Okay. Yeah, come on. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but also, those fourth and fifth uh, largest cities in the, yeah. in the United States. Gigantic. Gigantic. Yeah, but yeah. But, I mean, be a better audience. When Especially they're in the same division. You have to choose. It's not even like you could be a casual fan, I think, like of, oh. of a Chicago sports fan, where if the Cubs are in or the White Sox are in, you're watching no matter what because uh, Chicago team's in the World Series. Um I don't know. I, I think that regional sports markets are up 7% this year after the rule changes. So I think the rule changes were huge. I think that this is probably going to be the only time it's under 10 million. And two, the question begs, if it's game seven and this has been a great series, Austin says take away last night and games have been pretty good. If this is a game seven, could this not be, would you not be surprised to see the tweet most watch game seven in history? I would very be because the I think the Cubs uh, Cleveland is one. Because the Cubs are a thing. That's why it started off with the Cubs-Cleveland one. No one's driving it because of Cleveland. They drove it because the Cubs hadn't won a World Series uh, but that's a in big, 108 years. And that's why people watched. And they were good. Oh, sure. I mean, the Cubs were the story of that year. But yeah. also... Cleveland, that's an established fan base. That's a big established fan it base. Is. I mean, we're talking about Arizona. That team's that team hasn't even been around 20 years yet. Uh, or 30 around, years. 30 it hasn't years. been around 30 yeah. years. Excuse me. I'm... 
showing my age there. Hey, but man, if, yeah, it, I know, man. It just goes by so damn it fast. Does. I it does. remember when they were actually born. My point being is that people who are my age right now, right, are are have have only uh, you know have only grown up with the Diamondbacks for not even their entire life, and mm-hmm. so. Uh, Try explaining that to people older than me right now, right? I mean, the, the baseball fans that lived out in Arizona, they got a team already kind of thing where we talk about with the Florida teams all the time and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I, I think that the matchup this year is probably the thing to blame. That's no insult to those two teams. They've had great seasons, but, you know, you're going to tell me that you're going to go to a random baseball fan who lives in Seattle or a random Ugh. baseball fan who lives in Baltimore, and they're going to be able to name you a ton of players on the Arizona Diamondbacks? Well, let's ask uh, younger, casual sports fan Sarah. Sarah, have you watched any of the World Series this year? I have not. I'm so serious. I don't even think I've watched like 60 seconds of it. Okay. Do you have any interest in the, the World Series unless you, are you a Cubs fan or Sox fan? Cubs. Okay. If the Cubs are in the World Series, you're watching it. Absolutely. But that's uh, you, how I feel about baseball though in general. Baseball is more of like if my team's not in it, then I'm not really interested. When it's other sports like football or basketball, I, I have a lot more interest in just kind of watching the overall and think about it too. The football is one game. If you're just going for the Super Bowl, right. you know, yeah. The NBA Finals, no one's like really. I don't know if Sarah's watching the NBA Finals necessarily because that's a seven game series itself. And with the matchups, it's like, what are we doing here? Like, as a younger person, do you watch the NBA Finals? I'm more into March Madness when yeah. it comes to that kind of stuff. But you I went do. to Kansas. You were you went to oh, a school yeah. that's actually rock chalk. Good. Um, but I would say for the NBA Finals, I mean, I'll probably catch the last couple of games at least. Just because it's the NBA Finals. And baseball and the, the, what other leagues have over baseball, it's not as international as all the rest of them are. Baseball's internationalism is pretty much all North America, a little Central America, and you get occasional Japanese and then some uh, people from Europe. Basketball's global. Well, in soccer. Like, it's yeah, everywhere. So, soccer's yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Football's trying to expand. They're playing game in Germany this week. Mm-hmm. They played a couple games in London. I mean... Football's and they're now put, putting football, flag football, in the Olympics. So, yeah. like, it's more of a spectacle. It's more of a thing where you can watch a football game and, like, kind of get it. And I get the the brutality also that goes along with the enjoyment of the game and action going on all the time. Baseball's slow. Like, to me, it's very entertaining. To a person that's just joining it, it's like, man, what the hell is this? I love this going to the baseball games, so like those are fun. But if I'm just watching it on TV, I get bored really easily. Um, and yeah. Oh, you're you're good. Oh yeah. No, I have nothing else to say. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, th- I, I thought I thought I didn't mean to cut you off. I just thought you I thought you were done. My bad. I just done. I jumped in too early. Uh, Alex asking why I'm hugging a, a laptop like a Mr. Robot. Uh, it's because I'm trying to shield it from Herb, who's close <laughs> to me, uh, just because I have a trivia question oh, okay. to ask, okay. uh, and that's why I rudely cut off Sarah. My B. Uh, the most viewed game set in World Series history was... Oh, well, it was back before anybody watched any other sports, probably. Yeah. It's probably the 60s or something like that. I mean, Herb, Herb brought up, he thought, 2016 Cubs. I mean, that's recent, because, and it still has the same things that go on with um, youth, the youth today, but it was still... Oh, I have a guess. You go ahead. Yankees, D-backs. I'm going with 91's Twins, Braves. No and no. Okay. It is later. Later than that, wow! More, more recently, more recently. All right, I think I think you'll. Is it Cubs? Is it, it Cubs? Cleveland? No, no, oh, okay. no, no, no. Sorry, it's 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 later than that. I'm not. It's 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 earlier, it's earlier than, than 1991. Okay, earlier than 1991. <laughs> I so the opposite of what yeah, you said. I don't. That's fine. <laughs> um, I'm out to lunch. I do not recall a one. Let me just say 1978's World Series. No, uh, the most. Viewed game was 1986, Mets and Red Sox. Ah. Uh, uh, estimated viewership of 55 to 60 million. But of course, think about none of, like there's really barely any cable at that time. Right. The Mets are the Mets of 85, and the Boston Red Sox hadn't won a World Series right. since 1918. Yeah. So it was a appointment mm-hmm. television. Even like seven-year-old Herb was you, watching that. You put the Yankees and Phillies in the, in the World Series oh again, God. and that, that doesn't you know do like a 15? I think it does. I don't know, 15 million people or 15, yeah. like yeah. 15 uh, for each game. Like, I, th- I don't yeah. know. I think, I'm the, I, I think it's with it, the rules that have been implemented. I think if you get the right markets, you'll well, get, I mean, you'll get, the, you'll get those, the exciting numbers. I mean, those two teams fan base is add up probably to about that amount. Right. I mean, like maybe that's, a, maybe that's shooting a little high, but I, I don't know. I would assume that there aren't 15 million 
Rangers and Diamondbacks fans in would, America. Would you, we, should, we should try to find them. Round them up. <laughs> Do you think you get a higher audience for that Yankees-Phillies you're just talking about or for Cubs Sox? White oh, Sox. A higher national know. audience? Yes. Yankees-Phillies. Okay. Yeah. Those are yeah. Yankees. Yankees are Yankees. And the but Cubs are the Cubs. They are. But, but I don't White think Sox the White Sox have a national fan base. Yeah, They don't. Those three teams all do. Even, I the, think Phil- if, even the Phillies to an extent. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think Chicago would probably make national news every single night, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's for sure, because I, I don't think it would be... Let that go, I don't think it would be friendly. Let that go seven games. I know what happens oh, in Section 161. But I will, say, I will say this, Herb, about to your point of you know, folks and, and how they look at baseball. I think everybody looks at these sports a different way, right? And I think that that's probably has something to do with it is the fact that you have so much to watch, so much to do. You can pick absolutely anything you want. I mean, from me as a sports fan, I don't ever watch the NBA finals. Yeah. I, don't never wa- I don't ever watch the uh, hockey playoffs unless the Hawks are in it. I don't care about uh, any uh, football if the, the Bears aren't playing in the playoffs. Like, I think you watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, because of it's the just Super Bowl. On. But yeah, just check. because everybody else is watching go to the like Super a party Bowl normally. Something like that. Something like yeah. that. But I mean, I guess my point is that like everybody has their individual things that appeal to them and, and don't. And in today's world, as opposed to back when the Mets were playing the Red Sox in the 86 series, right? Everybody can choose to watch their own individual thing, right? You're not you're not a you're not a baseball fan. You're not limited to the three channels that are on TV. No, you can watch absolutely anything you've ever that's ever been broadcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and 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 the same goes for all other sports. So that would be that would be my thought on that too. Have you ever had that, Sean? Just <laughs> with a regular TV with two five seven nine and thirty two, I mean, without yeah. cable, yeah, antenna okay. TV. You yeah, mean? yeah, yeah. My my grandparents used to have. That. Oh, okay. So like you, but that was. The worst was when I would have to only watch two, five, seven, and nine. I wanted to go watch ESPN Classic and watch Stump the Schwab with, you know, <laughs> Stump the Schwab. Yeah, wow. With, with Schwab and uh, yeah. Stuart Scott. Yeah, eighty six. Yeah, like that was what it was. You had the regular channels. Very few people, at least in my neighborhood, had cable. Cable was expensive back in the day, and so you're like, nah, I ain't gonna do that. I'm just gonna watch this regular ass TV, and that's why, yeah, Mash is the most watched finale Jeez. of all time. That will never be broken because. People are busy. They got other things to do. There's a there's a TV right here in this phone. So why am I going to be watching some series I never watched before? Back in the day, that's what everybody watched together. And then, man, if Twitter was around back then with like well, 80, 80 million people just watching one event, just tweeting all the time about it. That's why I think that you would probably get the uh, and uh, the game sevens are going to be the ones that break those records yeah. because it could be a, a pretty disappointing series. But if it goes to game seven, like that's something that you don't want to like not get spoilers for, right? Like that's something that is appointment television because if you are behind, someone's probably going to be talking about you know the game seven that just happened. So like that is the one thing that like the mash finale, um, unless you're taping it. I don't even know if you could have taped the mash finale. Like you had to be there. Um, like you know live. That's the only really did, thing that live TV useful for i don't even know if we had necessary we had vcrs i don't think you could record at that time in early 80s i don't think so god bless you guys i don't know how you guys grew up and did it um remember when you spilled all that beer it was great no i don't know if it was great um (laughs) i didn't enjoy any of it uh all right let's uh, take a quick break and we'll let you know about some of our fantastic uh sponsors uh herb's gonna let you know about hero bread after i let you know about empire today uh you have been seeing their commercials forever in the Chicagoland area. Uh, who's who's our guy? Lynn Haldren. Lynn Haldren, uh, Sky Point to Lynn. Uh, he is the friendly uh, animated guy you used to see on the Empire Today commercials. And he was real, too. He was alive, too. He used they, to be in a barbershop an- quartet. Yeah, they animate him now because he's not with us. Kind of like a KFC mm-hmm. guy. Didn't Colonel know that. Sanders. All right. uh, but with Empire Today, you'll get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, and quick and professional installation at a, and a low price. Uh, Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring. So, of course, they have copycats, but those copycats can't beat Empire on quality, service, speed. So the copycats advertise low-quality products that they simply won't carry. Empire won't promise the lowest prices because anyone who does is putting flooring in your home that they wouldn't put in theirs. Unbelievable, Sean. It's ridiculous, right? They're copying their fantastic Those business. copycats. Yeah, they've been in business for, you know, forever. I mean, Empire is a, you know, it's an empire. Yeah. It's, it's an empire of flooring. 
giving these people the blueprint and then they're not even following it right. Right, exactly. Yes. They're, they're, they're skipping all the steps and you don't want to skip steps. Go uh, to the original architect. With your flooring. Oh, we're getting too witty here, guys. we got to really cool this down. Uh <laughs> Don't skip any steps when you are putting in flooring in your home. Uh, you want that floor to last for as long as possible. And Empire gives you quality products, quality people uh, to put that floor into your home. Uh, and it's a quality selection as well. And they service their own warranties. If an issue does arise, just call Empire. They service all warranties themselves. You won't have to track down a manufacturer's phone number. So schedule a free home instant. Uh, 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 Schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use promo code CHGO. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. Again, use code CHGO to receive a $350 off discount when uh, you sign up for a free in-home estimate and end up using Empire to put a floor in your home. Herb, what's up? Started eating hero bread because of my type two diabetes. Didn't want to give up my favorite few foods like sandwiches, quesadillas, burritos, and hero bread has been great for me. And I'm sure it will be great for you when you try it. If you need a low carb option to fit your lifestyle or dietary constraints, the founder of Hero Bread, Cole Glass, baked a hundred muffins per day before he found the perfect blend that fit his allergy allergy constraints. And that's what pushed him to start Hero Bread. A hundred muffins a day? A day. Coal glass? Coal glass is a, that dude, man. Wow. He wanted to make sure the stuff is right. Dog in him. You know, he was like, I ain't messing around. I'm trial and error. We're going to do it. Do you know the muffin man? And he did it very well because of I do. the taste of the Hero Bread. And I know you're like, ugh. No, a, a zero net carb uh, option? Absolutely not. Delicious. I hear you one when you say that. But absolutely delicious, fluffy. I do the flour tortillas, which work out perfectly for me because I do some wraps, some quesadillas. The other day, I think we were talking about enchiladas, and uh, mm. Sarah says she makes some delicious enchilada sauce. Whatever you need, it's all there for you at Hero Bread with the flour tortillas. They have high fiber, 15 grams of fiber in the flour tortillas. I know that there's only 80 calories and zero net carbs, as I said. Hero Bread makes sliced breads, buns, tortillas. They're all available at Hero.co and at Amazon. Right now, right damn now, Hero Bread is offering CHGO listeners 10% off their first order. Just go to Hero.co and use code CHGO to save on Hero Bread today. That's H-E-R-O dot C-O to save 10% off today. I have an issue. Um, I went to baseball reference because Cody Glass is baking 100 muffins. Uh, the, the last name Glass, I was like, oh, any baseball players named Glass? Um, I want to talk this out with you guys because I don't understand what this is. Okay. First person to appear with the name Glass in their name, 1979 to 19, or 1879 to 1895, uh, Jack Glasscock. Then Tom Glass uh, okay. from 1925 to 1925, a, a short career for Tom Glass. And then Carl Glass, a little bit lengthier, 1924 to 1930. So all of, all of the glasses are out by 1930. But then there is one player who made one at bat whose name was just simply Glass. He didn't have a first or last name, just the one. Well, yeah, just like Prince. Was his name Mr.? Uh, I mean, it was a man. I, it might have been Joe Glass. I'm not sure. Uh, of the Newark Eagles, uh, Glass had one at bat and went one for one. What are the Newark Eagles? Is that a team? I guess so. Uh, it's in the uh, Negro National oh, League. Oh, that's why. Okay. So, yeah. um, Joe Glass was like, I'm out. Or just Glass. I was like, hey, I'm out. I got my hit. Hey, are they? Yeah, what are they? Deuces. 16-inch <laughs> softball team? <laughs> hey, we got a ringer. His name is Glass. Guys, I got my single. I'm out. Thanks, though. Jesus. Appreciate it. I mean, 1942, you don't know. He probably had to go to the war or something like that. <laughs> you know, it was bad. Well, that's why he was playing, you yeah. know. They needed a substitute. So Good point. There you go. All this the good players came back. It's like, all right, Glass, get your ass out of here. Didn't have enough and time get, to figure out Glass's first name. Get a last name or a first name or a middle name. <laughs> uh, all right, let's Did you look. actually look him up and see if he's an actual person? I'll look him up while you're doing the second I segment. I don't think he's – I mean, he's probably an actual person, but I, I don't think we could find more information about Glass. They didn't have the internet in 1942. <laughs> and again, they were they had more issues like the war um, that they had to focus on. Uh, anyways, uh, let's jump into uh, Vinny's idea for today. Um, and we can now be witty because we're out of the ad break. Okay. 
uh, I thought when we typed up this headline, the first and uh, snarky thing that everyone's going to comment is, uh, who could be the White Sox version of Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon? Oh, it could have been Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. Uh, that will be the uh, response, so, yeah. yeah. So to to do that for you, there you go. I understand the, uh, the, the, the humor that in 2021, the White Sox could have done this. Uh, maybe not because Tim Anderson still existed, but... Eh, you know they could have spent the money to to have uh, Corey Seager. The rules and allow or, it. Yeah, and, and or Marcus Simeon on their team. So uh, good job, you guys got an easy slam dunk. Uh, we are aware uh, of the uh, brevity of that. Uh, but uh, let's look at the 2024, 2025. Uh, we were talking class. about moving forward. Yeah. We're yeah. talking about the future. We can't go back because the Rangers have gone and built, gotten themselves one win away from their first World Series on the backs mostly, certainly they have a good roster, but on the backs mostly of these two super highly paid free agents, if the White Sox are trying to win the World Series, which of course they are moving forward, could they follow a similar path? And if so, how? Biggest regret of your life, go. What? Okay. Uh, 2024 free agent class uh, leading off is Shohei Otani. Second, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. My guy. Blake Snell, uh, Cody Bellinger, Aaron Nola, Josh Hader, Sonny Gray, Jordan Montgomery, J.D. Martinez, and Matt Chapman. These are the top 10. These are the guys that I thought, you know, someone might vouch for. Uh, if you if you have anyone else you want to vouch for, mm. feel free to go off the board. Oh. Uh, and then 2025, Garrett Cole, Corbin Burns, Zach Wheeler, Paul Goldschmidt, Pete Alonso, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Juan Soto, Cody Bellinger again, uh, and Anthony Santander. Uh, so, you know, obviously Bellinger has the possibility of being taken off there, but he was a free agent in 2025, and I don't know what his market looks like. So uh, looking at at least 2024, Yep. if you're going to do this, if you're going to say who could be your Corey Seager or Marcus Simeon, Again, should, we're not considering Shohei Otani at all. Correct. Like, like again, well, like the we, White Sox aren't. I, yeah. yeah. I, like, I know, I and no. we got very good confirmation that uh, you <laughs> good know, source on that this the, one. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, the guy that has the money is not gonna spend the money, and he said, "I'm not spending the money." Uh, so, 2019 or uh, yeah, 29 teams will be uh, vying for uh, Shohei Otani's uh, service this year, uh, except for the White Sox. Um, but is that a mistake? Yes. Like. I understand what he's saying and because Shoei is going to make an astronomical amount of money and he's not in that market. But this is the player that everybody should be interested in because of his being the best player in baseball-ness. That should be everybody's like, Good oh, noun. yeah, I'm in. Good noun. Yeah. Being the best base player in baseball-ness. Yeah. <laughs> like, that should be – even if you want to just throw your – number that you're comfortable with to show Aitani, you should do that. Maybe he likes Chicago. Maybe he came here one day and he's like, I like the hitting atmosphere. We had a lot of good fun against the White Sox pitchers, and if they would offer me a contract, kind of like what Bryce Harper said, he never thought about the White Sox until they brought him in and said, oh, I see. Okay, I got it. But they never really offered him a contract. You don't know what a person's going to say until you ask the question. You don't ask, you don't get. So, yes, I think they should be asking Shohei Itani, even if it's a low-ball number. Hey, Shohei, we got $300 million for the next 10 years. You good? No? All right, we're out. They should be at least saying that. To mark him off as if that's too expensive, then you shouldn't be in baseball anymore. Wouldn't it be cool to meet with Shohei Otani? I mean, I know Jerry Reinsdorf knows a lot of people, has met a lot of cool people, but he gets to, hey, uh, you know, you have to pay for Shohei Otani's dinner, but I mean, hey, that's a pretty cool experience. You get to chat, chat it up with Shohei. Uh, whoever hit the thumbs down button, I'm going to find you. Hit the thumbs up button, <laughs> fix your mistake. What's going on? Get us to 10 likes. We'd appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I think that, especially with the injury, that makes him even more attractive to sign. Like, if you are the White Sox and you aren't the Yankees and you haven't been historical spenders, this guy is now discounted. That's a perfect time for you to jump in, in at least my thoughts. Or, hey, maybe make him an, an irrefutable offer for 2024. Hey, no one's going to be able to see you as a pitcher for this year, so why not just get paid the most amount of money uh, as possible for this year to be our hitter, to be our right fielder? That sounds good for me. They don't, I mean, well, I guess he can't be What's like right field because of the, who cares? Is that 40, 50 million? It's close to 50. If, if okay. they pay Shohei Otani 75 million, I don't care. It's not my I mean, money. I don't and care they should, either. But that, to get him on the south side, you do whatever. That's kind of an overpayment. But yes, I understand. You need How? The, 75 million for one year is an overpayment. 
because no, his you, OPS was 188. It's great. All he's going to do is be a hitter. Well, and he's also going to have like a 200 OPS Herb. plus and hit 60 homers. Sean is clearly living in a world where 100 million for one year wouldn't bother him. Like I'm, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just yeah, saying, exactly. like you're you're talking as if money was no object yes. to anybody, right? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. You, the White Sox actually do need to overpay him, but that's a that's. He's twenty million overpaid. He's not for getting, Shohei Atani. He's not getting seventy five million dollars for one year. Don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, sure. If, if they sign him to that, could, would I be and pushing up my glass and be like, oh well, the market says that uh, he, uh, eight point eight uh, or uh, one eight million is worth eight WAR. So technically, Shohei Otani's uh, contract should be forty six point five. No, they signed Shohei Otani. I'm you, throwing a fucking party. You know what? I'm spending as much money as possible, just like the contract. You know, as the beautiful thing about that, if they do sign for seventy five million, just put their number out there they're still under the cap <laughs> the competitive balance right. tax and i don't even know why i'm talking about this because the guy said hey we're not signing him but so to answer your question i would sign cody bellinger he's 28 he you saw him the year he just came off of with the cubs yes we already have a center fielder but you can play him in right field and i think he'll be just fine out there and then you can go and get jordan montgomery i would actually be hesitant on him because of all the innings he's pitched this year because the extra postseason stuff but his stuff has been looking good or if we can't get him, I would downshift and go to the disappointing member. <laughs> oh, Herb's going to trash Sonny Gray again. I don't understand why you this want This is a running bit where Herb, Herb thinks Sonny Gray is awful. Downshift to down Sonny Gray. Oh, my God. Uh, so you guys always got me on that If they one. got Sonny Gray, he'd be the best pitcher on the team. Well, and to be fair, to, to, to line this up, yeah, I mean, Sonny Gray is better than Jordan Montgomery anyways. Um I don't know. You are living in so so much recency bias. It's not even. But funny. here's the here's the point. Here's the point of the of the question. Right? Is, is Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon? Yeah. These two guys are MVP candidates mm-hmm. every year. Mm-hmm. I don't think Jordan Montgomery counts as being your Corey Seager. You know what I mean? I'm well, not sure Cody Bellinger counts as being either of those two guys. Now he's won an MVP before, sure, but at this point in his career. Is he that? I mean, I think the idea behind the question, behind the topic is if the White Sox were to go out and say, we're going to go sign two guys who are going to be the best players on our team, the two best players on our team for the next 10 years. I don't know how many people I, on those two lists even are come close to that category. I did. I, I made my list. I would say I would say there's four guys for sure. Otani this year and then next year Soto and then maybe Pete Alonso and maybe Alex, Bre- Alex Bregman. And then this year you could throw in Matt Chapman if you're high on Matt Chapman. Mm-hmm. But I think, but I guess that's my point is that you're talking about Otani and Soto because these two guys are going to finish in the top three or five in the American League MVP voting. How many other guys on that list are going to do that? How many, how many guys on that list are going to do that on a regular basis, right? And so I think the, the answer to the question is that the White Sox think they already have those guys, certainly in Luis Robert Jr. It was supposed to be some of the other ones that hasn't worked out that way yet. I mean, that's why we're talking about how they were going to build. That's how they were built the last time was by think, them thinking they already had two guys that were going to be MVP or plus guys that were going to be MVP candidates on a regular basis. But right now... It's impressive what the Rangers did. At the time, it looked like, oh boy, the Rangers are just throwing more money at people like they always do kind of thing. But what has what has become most impressive about it is that they said, all right, we're picking our two guys that we're going to build this team around. We do not care how much they cost, and they're going to be on the team for the next 10 years. And right now, it's got them on the brink of the World Series. I would say that it has been worth it to this oh, point. Also, too, no, you're fine. I was just no. touching you because I was gonna, I was gonna direct a question to you, or okay. at least direct a point. Alex says it's still not even the biggest contract in Sox history. If they sign, uh, <sighs> I mean, they still don't even go over a hundred million dollars if they sign Otani at a seventy-five million one that's year. That's how we know um, education. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Uh, so AJ mentioned signing Bellinger and put him at first base and trade Vaughn for a starter or a right fielder. Um, I, if you're signing Bellinger, I think the worst thing to do is sign him and put him in at first base because you're immediately just taking down his value by yes. putting him at, uh, you know, what is seen as a, a tougher position or, a, a, you know, easier. An, an easier position and a less defensive important position. Cody Ballinger was uh, in the 80th percentile in fielding. He was in the 80th percentile of base running and he was in the 80th percentile of hitting this year. I think he absolutely is in that, that landscape. Yes. It, it, I think that he is similar to, to, to Simeon and Seager. Um, cause I, I think Soto and Otani too are kind of in a, an even upper echelon above Seager and Simeon. I mean, Sim, Seager's playing outstanding baseball right now. There probably isn't a hotter baseball player, uh, in the world right now, but I, I would say that 
Bellinger at least rec- it deserves recognition because if they sign him to over a hundred million dollar contract, I'm not going to be upset. Oh god! If he's our right fielder next to uh, Luis Robert Jr., he's a lot better than Michael Conforto, who was I, I wanted them to sign a last lot of year. Things, so man, a lot of things get healed up really quickly if they sign Cody Bellinger. Like a lot of people are like, "Hey Jerry, we're here, man. Finally, thank you." Cody Bellinger is that dude, and he's 28 years old, young still. I know he had the bad years with the Dodgers and after the World Series, and I think he injured his shoulder. But you get that guy, you're set for a good portion of uh, the next five years, and he can play right field with the the greatest of ease, and now finally our right field thing is done. We can be comfortable. And then, sorry, Sonny Gray can be our John Gray. Like they signed John Gray. Okay, you are being so disrespectful to Sonny Gray. Why am I disrespectful? John Gray was is fine. How, how many, good. How many times has Jordan Montgomery finished in the in the, uh, the top ten of the Cy Young? Zero. Zero. How many times is Sonny Gray? Like three times. Twice, and it's going to be a third time this year. I I don't understand the district. He has has thirty three years old, isn't he? Yeah, he's very good. He's the past two years. The thirty two year old and thirty three year old Sonny Gray has had a two ninety ERA in over three hundred innings. But I'm not paying for what he did. I'm paying for what he's going to do. And he's going to be a lot better than Jordan Montgomery. Let's take a break, and we'll let you know about our great advertisers, and then Herb and I will fight more. Uh, I want to <laughs> let you know about our friends over at Soul. Savvy. Uh, The Drops app by Soul Savvy makes it easy to keep up with all the latest news, releases, raffles, and sales in the sneaker world. It is your one-stop shop for everything sneakers. They have drop alert instant notifications, so you'll never miss out on a release again. You'll get instantly notified when your size is available to buy, so then you can go right to the app, get uh, directed to the link and purchase your sneakers free raffle management so you can keep track of all the raffles that happen in the sneaker world uh, with their uh, ra- raffle tracker and their release calendar their accurate release calendar will keep you updated on releases that are upcoming whether you're a casual buyer or an all-out sneakerhead soul savvy has uh, something for you with th- three different levels the basic version mobile plus version or the premium version and this saturday november 4th the Air Jordan 1 Reimagine Royal drops. The Drops by Soul Savvy app uh, will notify you when and where it's dropping. So download the app and never miss a release. Don't miss that on November 4th if you are a sneakerhead. Uh, I'm a big fan of blue. And, uh, you know, the it, color. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, it's, a, it's a nice, lovely royal blue. Uh, so you get to. Well, that's why it's called that. Not because he's his airness. Well, I mean, maybe it's a play. Okay. I mean, I'm not sure. Gotcha. Uh, to be honest, gotcha. you know, I'm, I, I'm just, I just know it's coming out November 4th. There you go. Uh, but uh, sign up for Soul Savvy by clicking the links in the description below or visit links.soulsavvy.com slash CHG or head over to the App Store and download Drops by Soul Savvy app. Also want to let you know about our friends over at Circa. Uh, Circa Sportsbook is the place for any serious better to place your wagers. Uh Games on Circa will strive to be a minus 110 split on the Circa menu, unlike other sportsbook, which may use a minus 115 or minus 120 split. Those tight money line splits, that low hold model is the best for you, the gambler. Uh, if you are placing a bet uh, on the same prop, let's say a team to cover three and a half, uh, and it's minus 110 on Circa, and it's minus 120 on mm, on a different one, uh, save myself there. Uh, you are just giving more money to that other app uh, at, at minus 120, and that's less winnings for yourself. So, Circa wants you to shop around, find the best line, and likely you're going to find the best line on the world's largest sportsbook at uh, Circa Sportsbook. Uh, and the best thing, too, uh, Circa's customer service is run by real people behind the brand. They resolve issues in a timely fashion, unlike other books who use chat box and all other aspects of the bet are, uh, of of the app are being run by the same team that runs the Circa Sportsbook at Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. So download the Circa Sports Illinois app at circasports.com slash Illinois-app at circasports.com slash Illinois-app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties, and tailgates. They have an location up at the temporary in Waukegan that you can go and visit as well. If you want to bet under 29 and a half in Northwestern Iowa at Wrigley Field. Uh, and if you or somebody you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537, text GMB833234 or visit areyoureallywinning.com. Just aside, Circa and DNVR are doing like an event in, uh, I believe it's January, the weekend of uh, January 5th through the 8th where they're uh, having the Broncos going to be playing the Raiders out there. And so go to DMVR, too, and they're going to have an event, and you can uh, meet up with the people having a nice road trip out there. I was thinking about doing it myself because uh, I haven't been to Circa yet. 
You should. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. You. you oh, you, oh, oh, oh. I thought you meant they were doing it with DNVR and Circa, as in like out there. The, the, they were going to be in Denver. Oh, it makes a lot more sense because the Raiders gonna, play in Vegas. Yeah, they're going to be where in Circa. Is. Yeah, they're going to have a nice uh, road trip out there. So if you ever wanted to go to Circa Sports and wanted to do it, it's a great deal. Awesome deal for DNVR. And I wish eventually we will do it, but the Bears don't play in Vegas until like. Five more years because they just played there like last year. What's the opposite of haunt, haunts my uh, nightmares? Uh, lives in my dreams. Lives in my dreams. Uh, yeah, the the, oh the God, circa room lives in my dreams where I got to overlook Stadium Swim. It was the coolest place ever. Uh, just sitting in those chairs and just like with a dead glaze, watching like eight baseball games at the same time. I mean, I, I was in heaven. Air conditions are. Oh, it's it's insane. Uh, Did you and go then, swimming? Hell no. Or did you stay in the, the, the cabana? Hell, I am. You could swim, I didn't though. go outside. No, I didn't go outside. I would have burned. Uh, anyway, That's another good for Circa. They, you don't need to go outside to have fun. Oh, uh, oh you do not. Uh, I did not leave that resort, and I didn't need to. Um, Vinny. Yes. Why don't you let people know about the Die Hard program? I think I will. Folks, you know if you're watching that we have live shows five days a week covering the White Sox. You know if you're listening that we have podcasts five days a week covering the White Sox. You probably know. That five days a week also, live shows and podcasts covering all the other teams here in the city. The Bulls, the Blackhawks, the Bears, the Cubs, if you're one of those uh, baseball double dippers. Uh, But did you know that you could join the CHGO Die Hard program? uh, And you'll get all sorts of great stuff to go along with that. There will be premium written content over at allchgo.com for you. Uh, You get your pick of... T-shirts, um, you know, when you sign up, you'll get a free T-shirt with uh, anyone you want, and then discounted uh, T-shirts after that wow. for, uh, you know, if you're a diehard member. Uh, there's also the members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. You can go hang out there as well. Uh, and then, of course, you get 20% off all of our wonderful CHGO events. Uh, that includes our next tailgate ahead of the Bears Panthers game November 9th uh, that's the best tailgate in the city and diehard members get a 20% off discount uh, to that also though we got Bulls takeover coming up we got Blackhawks stuff coming up because it's supposed to get real cold here and so you know what that means it's time for basketball and hockey uh, so be on the lookout for that as well it all comes to you in a very nice little box that is living over in Studio A tune in tomorrow we'll show it to you then but uh, you get you get a sticker you get a t-shirt you get all that stuff so uh Go ahead and head on over to allchgo.com uh, and figure out exactly what it takes to get you on board and become part of what we're doing here at CHGO. Absolutely. And what we're doing here on the White Sox program, if you are just tuning in live for some reason or uh, you know, you're, you're still watching, uh, this is the end of the ad break. Uh, let's go back oh, to the uh, how exciting. free agent list. And I guess maybe we'll set this up a little bit different, Herb, because okay. if, if it is yep. two guys... I want you to get the Sox, Seager, and Simeon from the two, uh, 2024 and 2025 list. You you have to pick between these two years. You're, you're The two guys you want on the 2024 and 2025 list, Sarah, feel free to pop that up. Um, which which two are you picking? You think Montgomery and Bellinger are the, the best out of the entire group? I think, no. Show Otani, but we're well, throwing no, that no, away. No, 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 no. The best for the White Sox. Obviously, Otani's not being signed by the White Sox, and we know that. I mean, there's not a lot of good hitters that are of the ilk that you were talking about. But yes, Cody Bellinger would be my number one target this offseason. J.D. Martinez is not of that ilk, but all he does is hit every single time he goes anywhere. Detroit, Arizona, Boston, Los Angeles, and he would hit here. Um, But the 2025, as uh, Vinny stated, Juan Soto is kind of like Ted Williams. He walks a bunch. He hits for power. He can field-ish. Um, but I would I would sell out for Juan Soto next year. And people are talking about trying to gain and get Juan Soto for And I heard our Cub people trying to get him for, like, fucking Christopher Morel and some minor leaguers. Calm down. <laughs> it's Juan Soto. He will be 26 when he's done uh, on this contract. You have to offer much more for one year of Juan Soto. They're like, oh, Chris Morrell will get it done. Calm down. No one, the White Sox don't have the money to get him this year. But if he's a free agent next year, I would do whatever it needs to be done to get him on the White Sox because he's exactly the opposite of everything that the White Sox don't have. Lefty power. He has patience at the plate, understands the strike zone, and a pimp-ass walk um, or a ball uh, strut. A ball take? Yeah. Oh, God, so bad. Yeah. I love him. I think uh, 
I, listen, I, I think pitchers can be guys who have this sort of effect on a team. There's no doubt about it. All you got to do is look to the north side of town and what John Lester meant to the Cubs when he came aboard as a free agent. Um, but if you are looking to truly replicate exactly what the Rangers just did, not saying the White Sox should, but if you want to, right, then you got to go out and get yourself the guys who are going to be the forces in that lineup, right? I think the White Sox are in a fortunate position in that they already have one of those guys in Luis Robert Jr. But to answer your question, Sean, I think the answer lies not in 2024 because I only see one guy who fits that description right there, and that's Shohei Otani, in my opinion, in 2024. So I think you go to 2025, I think the answer would be Soto and Bregman. You look at the White Sox roster, I don't think Andrew Vaughn's going anywhere. I think Pete Alonso would be a great addition uh, to that lineup. It'd be a great addition to 30 lineups, to be quite honest with you. But, uh, you know, if you're looking at the impact that you want these guys to make, Corey Seager was one of the best players in baseball this year. Juan Soto is one of the best players in baseball every year. Alex Bregman comes with the bonus of knowing how to win, playing a really slick third base uh, defensively as well. Um Perhaps that is the time that the White Sox are able to move uh, move on from Yohan Moncada in some fashion. I think the answer is Soto and Bregman right there because I am going position players only to answer this question to make that parallel as as you know as perfect as possible. You're not going to pick up the club option and 25 million for Yohan Moncada. Well, not if he uh, hits like he did last year. No, <laughs> uh, I would be. I was going to use catatonic, but that's a negative space. I, I guess I would be vivacious if the White Sox signed. You'd Alex, be full of life. I would be so full of life if if the White Sox signed Alex Bre- Bregman and Juan Soto. If they signed oh. one of them, yeah, uh, I, I would be uh, in that state. I think I, I thought catatonic because I don't think I'd be able to process it. I don't think catatonic I'd be able actually to... might work better than vivacious in that because <laughs> well, you're just so, so shocked into like. Silence. Well, but catatonic seems a little bit more intense. It's it's uh, an abnormality of movement and behavior arising from a disturbed mental state, typically schizophrenia. So that seems just kind of maybe I don't know if it's a little dark. It's a little dark. Hey, uh, maybe a little too dark. You can't believe life is like this. That the White Sox are actually getting a big time thing. You're like, there's must be something wrong. And your body and your brain's like, oh, fuck. I shut down. What's going on? I I absolutely shut down. Uh, Luke saying Snell and Santander would be his two. Uh, I wouldn't be mad at that. Um, AJ saying pie in the sky, Cole and Soto. That's pretty good. Uh, Alex throwing in that Soto and Robert would be a powerful three and four. Yeah, you don't say. Good good protection for (laughs) Luis Robert Jr. Uh, You you don't want to walk Robert Jr. because Soto's up next. Uh, Or maybe, maybe that's a different question. Who would bat first? So how would you, how would you lead off? Yeah, how, no, no, but like, who who would be before? Would you have Robert three, Soto four? Would you have Soto put two? Soto two, Robert three? I yes, think. yeah, yeah. Soto, gets Soto on base. one, Robert two. Maybe why not? That's what that's what the uh, Angels did, right? With Otani and Trout, one two. I mean, it's certainly what the Rangers do with with. Uh, well, I guess Seager and Simeon. Seager and Simeon. Are they one, two, or are they do. two, three? Yeah, Simeon, Simeon's one. Yeah. It's a Simeon, Seager, yeah. Garcia. It's what Phillies yeah. do with uh, Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. 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 I mean, get on base. Get get on base. And what? I mean, uh, you you said uh, uh, Ted Williams. Uh, this this uh, 25 or 24-year-old in his six years uh, gets on base at a 421 clip. <laughs> pretty good. That's uh, pretty good. Uh, I think that's Frank Thomas' on-base percentage for his career. It just like that is elite. Please, Jesus. If the White Sox ever had anything, what was his? 419. See? Better better than Frank Thomas. (laughs) Yikes. Uh, Yeah, I mean, again, I'm not upset if they sign Juan Soto. I'm not upset if they sign Shohei Otani. Uh, Hot takes. I mean, Jerry Reinsdorf also said he wouldn't sign a pitcher to 10 years. The only guy that ever got close to that was Garrett Cole, and he's been fantastic with that uh, Yankees contract. If if he opts out, he's getting a ton of money that Jerry Reinsdorf isn't paying him. He's winning a Cy Young this year, right? uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he absolutely is, um, 100%. Um, So, I mean, I I think that, you know... those options are great, but again, it's it's pie in the sky. Uh, if you want to go back to the list, Sarah, I think that maybe obtainable would be Aaron Nola. I think you look at the 2025 list, there's a ton of pitching. Cole, Burns, Wheeler. Uh, I think Walker Bueller is on Glass that list. Glass now, I think. Uh, Glass yep. now, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think now is the Max season. Max Freed. Max Freed. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. This this is the year to spend on pitching, I feel like. I don't know if... For, other, next winter, not well, this winter. For the White Sox... 
So, I think now is the, the time, but 2024. But there's more good pitchers available next year. Exactly. So more, so, people, so more people are going to be spending on pitchers. Uh, like, I, I think that there's going to be more. Well, won't there be a smaller market for it this year? You've only got a certain number of chances to go get your guy. That's fair, but I do yeah. think other teams might be saving up for 2025. I, I think I think it will be a little bit more of a slower market this year. I think it will be more of an aggressive market in 2025. That would be my prediction. Um, I could be wrong on that, absolutely. But I, I would go with Nola uh, out of that group. I, I think that um, he's just been so dominant. He gives you at least 180 innings every single year. Um, the one thing with Blake Snell, too, I think in the AL Central, the worst thing that you would want to do is like walk five guys per nine innings. And he's a guy that doesn't keep people on base or like he, he allows a ton of steals. I think his caught stealing rate was 4%. Um, so I, uh, I, I don't really know if Snell's the right fit for the White Sox. So I, I'd go Aaron Nola out of those pitchers for 2024. Not Sonny Gray, not your guy, Sonny Gray. That I, you keep on I, trying to sell me. He's on. a little bit older, so I, I wouldn't give it <laughs> see, to him. See, but see, now you're there. You're, coming you're picking there. Jordan Montgomery you're, over him. Coming. That I'm not saying Jordan Montgomery. Jordan Montgomery's gonna be cheaper, I believe. And he's yeah, a left. He's worse. Exactly, and he's a left-handed starter too. Go sign Eduardo Rodriguez. I mean, get out of here. Hey, I'm hey. No. You're, you're, Lefty. Uh, yeah, exactly. You poo-poo and Eduardo Rodriguez. I'll take Eduardo Rodriguez on this White Sox 2024 rotation. Uh, Jared's asking, how do I think uh, supply and demand works? I don't. I host a podcast. If I knew how supply and demand worked, I'd be Mark Cuban or something. I'd be running a business. You think all it takes to be Mark Cuban is to know how supply and demand <laughs> he works? He definitely knows how it works. <laughs> I think I, that, I'm taking a guess, or at least, be, you know, Bezos and moneymakers, they at least know supply and demand. And I know what Jared's saying, because you're thinking that this year you have fewer options options that this is the year that you strike and I get what you're saying you'll be thinking that there's more less people who are thinking that these guys are actually worth the contracts they're worth and then next year there'll be all the high teams in there the Yankees Astros uh, Dodgers next year so this is the year where those teams are not in the bidding wars so you can get your player for a cheaper price. I think the opposite, but I hear what you're saying too. I don't even know if it's about cheaper price. I just think that there'll be less teams. So it's, you know, if there's nine teams on in on Garrett Cole or, or nine teams or whatever on Wheeler, like I just, I don't know, like are the White Sox just going to be in a thinner group if they're, I, I could be absolutely wrong about this. I don't know. I mean, I, I would just go NOLA regardless, 2024 or 2025. I think <laughs> NOLA's a, a, a great pick here what i'm just laughing at jerry's no. new setup's tearing you guys apart tearing me apart lisa um uh, yeah i go uh i go nola and i would go i guess pull it i i would i would say bellinger and nola otani would be my pick but obviously uh you know jerry reinstorf said they're not doing that uh so i think bellinger would be an incredible ad i think that right field and center field would be deadly with one another um and then i, I think nola at least uh with him and cease would be a, a great one too um and then hopefully brian bannister and eric uh i was gonna say eric kratz uh ethan katz uh there you go uh can develop the three four and five starters for the Sox. Uh, interesting though when yeah. you look at those lists too because we're talking about seager and Semyon right in the in signing the same offseason when you look at those lists pretty impressive how some past free agent classes looked right yeah. I mean, you look at that one for this upcoming year, it is it is not terribly impressive. And and to think that the same team got those two guys in the same winter when so many other players were also available. I mean, that was what, the winter of shortstops, right? That yeah. was then, or one of them. And, uh, you know, to, to think that they got both those guys, it just goes to show you that in some years, that opportunity doesn't even exist. And I, I would argue that it doesn't from a position player standpoint, certainly, um, this upcoming winter. So, I mean, last year's shortstops, I mean, those four went off the board. That was a star-studded one. If the White Sox would have got one of those guys, even though they didn't have an open position, you moved him to second, I would have been happy with, um, overjoyed with. There's no one of that caliber, I don't believe, especially middle infielders, in this uh, 2024 uh, class where you're like, I'm getting a young, good shortstop. And uh, yeah, there's nothing that, and the White Sox actually need a middle infielder. Players in that class with over five war, Freddie Freeman, 7.8, Brandon Belt, 5.2, Marcus Semyon, 7.8. Uh, I, I would count Chris Bryant just because he got a ton of money. He was a four war player. Uh, Correa, Story, Seager, uh, and that is it. Oh, Starling Marte was also a part of that. Uh, and then Castellanos was 4.5. So, I mean, there was a ton in that 2021. I don't know how many of these guys are exactly over five war, um, but it doesn't seem like a lot. So I was, I, I don't, you know, should have been more aggressive. I don't know how many folks saw it. I think it was yesterday um, in the athletic Jim Bowden, the former uh, uh, 
GM, mm-hmm. uh, made his list of the top 40 free agents. He had Jordan Montgomery third, and he had he had the, the pitcher from Japan second, which means that he had Jordan Montgomery as the second best free agent, in a major league free agent in this class this year. You say Jim Bowden or Herb? Well, I'm just kind of saying hey. is like, uh, like Jordan Montgomery, good year. Congratulations for being so good in the playoffs. You've, you've earned your next contract, no doubt about it. But like, come on. But it, we're going into a winter where the second best free agent, a major league free agent, is Jordan Montgomery. Yeah. Um. Out, outside, but I of, did say well, that Jordan Montgomery playing in the postseason would give me pause because that's a lot more innings than a regular guy like Sonny Gray, who didn't get pitched that much in the postseason because the Minnesota Twins are the Minnesota Twins. By war, who is the most valuable? Uh, who is the third most valuable free agent? Oh, who, sorry, this winner. Who is the third most valuable infielder by war? Infielder, free agent, free agent in the Who free the agent class. Two? Uh, Matt Chapman, yep, and Max Muncy. Then it's know, a you, club option for Muncy, so he's likely not even going to go. If you're counting Cody Bellinger, I'll say like Cody Bellinger. Uh, he's not. I'm not. Uh, he's he's okay, under he's outfielder. outfielder. So uh, so uh, who is the second Career? most? No, just just, just from this year. Three. <sighs> Jesus, this is going to be bad. Oh, you're you don't even know. There's uh, no way it's Elvis Andres. It's Elvis Andres. Oh, wow. fuck off. With a two? Wow. 4.6. 4. What, this year? I don't know. He didn't have a 4.6. <laughs> I don't know. This, <laughs> is, this is from MLB.com. No. I, the, same, the same thing that I did in 2021 nope. where I went through the position by position. The, 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 the war number that they put there is just what I was going off of. They say that most valuable player is Elvis Andres. Uh, most valuable catcher is Gary Sanchez at three, Reese Hoskins at 2.3, slash Josh Bell at 2.4, Elvis Andres 4.6, Ahmed Rosario 2.9, Matt Chapman 7.6, Muncie 5.3, Justin Turner 3.6. Defense heavy. Very defense heavy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe, no. they're, maybe they're creating their own war. I don't know. I'm just... It's broken. I'm Whatever sharing. that machine is, the MLB is wrong. ML war. Yeah. <laughs> what is it good for? Uh, absolutely. Because if he was a four-win player, the White Sox would be much better than 61 and 101 because he played a lot of games. I know he did well in the second half, but he didn't play that well. He didn't. What are you saying? I mean, like... The, He's not so, a four-six so, war. That's what I'm saying. I the know White Sox won war. 60 games. Everyone else sucked. Yeah, they Elvis Andres was fine. Elvis Andres is... Five war season kids. I mean, save the White Stop Sox. Elvis Andres. Elvis Andres wasn't that good I either. Guarantee. No, I know. But I mean, like also, like Elvis Andres wasn't the, like if Elvis Andres was a seven war player, the White Sox aren't winning. Like yeah, B war has him at point six. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. So Maybe it's a typo. It has to be. <laughs> it, well, that's it's, true. It, Maybe it, it's it an is, average of his whole it's, career. It's four point six. What's no, his career? His one sixty two average is two point seven. So I don't know. What's his career war? Uh, 34. Oh, that's much higher than th- uh, Fangrass has his war uh, as it loads uh, at 1.1. Yeah. Uh, he's 4.6 over the last two years. You can't so even that add that up to 4.6. 2022, you know, 2022, <laughs> 3.5. 2023, 1.1. So maybe that's it? Yeah. I don't know. Okay, well, that was funny. That That's at least... If you read the MLB website, if you only go off the MLB website, he is the second most valuable infielder. He's going to get a good deal. I hope Chris Guest is not reading the MLB website. I think that Elvis Andres should grow a mustache. It is Movember. Herb suggested this, that we talk about a mustachioed player each and every day. Elvis Andres is not, uh, but we do have one with White Sox ties. Herb, who is our man? Jose Valentin, and you're a White Sox fan of the early 2000s. You remember this guy because he was clutch as hell. He was kind of a butcher at shortstop, but also a guy that would run into a home run every once in a while, and the home runs would be huge. I think he had a grand slam off the uh, the Cubs, then did the Sammy Sosa thing to the camera. It was so great. It was so beautiful. Um, his mustache will be living forever because it was just so well quaffed, kind of Tom Selleck-like, uh, Mr. Baseball, if you will. It looked uh, like a green. sexy mustache. Yeah, oh, just, just, <laughs> there it is. Just a, Tom, just a perfect thing. Like, he was mostly bat, little glove. He was a switch hitter, and then he quit being a right-hand hitter because he was so terrible. But Jose Valentin was my guy. And Played was, a little outfield, too, oh, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Jose, Jose, there, was, Jose, Jose. there was very little. And as AJ points out, one of six people who has done the cycle in White Sox history. I think he did a year after Chris Singleton did his. Do you know the other... I know, Jose, I know. Abreu. Jose Abreu, Singleton, yeah. Valentin, Albert Bell do it? 
Albert Brother did not do it. I don't know. I'm not going to start naming this. But yes, he Frank didn't do it. He did not. He's not fast enough. How recent are these these, these players? Like in the, I think Carlton Fisk did too. Oh, yes, Ray Schalk, Jack Rohammer. It's always Ray Schalk. Uh, Carlton Fisk, Chris Singleton, Jose Valentin, Jose Abreu, the last one to do it. Weird ass list. Do you have that game? The Abreu cycle game? No, oh. that was 2014, 17, 17, 2017. Um, okay, uh, if you want to go back to the uh, the graphic there, Sarah, though, uh, just shout out to Jose Valentin, uh, second baseman. Uh, and if short short sometime, you know, yeah. if, 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 if he was playing second base, I, I would be drooling oh my right God. now. Uh, th- his career war over 162 games, 3.1. That's a lot more than, uh, uh, Elvis Andrews's. Uh, so I would, I would kill for a Jose Valentin, uh, was really killer with the white Sox. His five years with the Sox. uh, the career numbers are, are good, long career, 16 years. Uh, but his five years with the Sox were his best 60, 672 games, 247 slash, uh, 319 on base, 483 slug. 104 OPS plus 16.9 war. For a guy who spent eight seasons with the uh, with the Brew Crew, not really remembered as an all-time brewer, is he? Not at all. That's a long tenure. Yeah, I think they're bad. They're probably well, sure, just, like horrendous. Oh, they were bad, but still, yeah, but yeah, like you think he would a be a time. celebrated brewer? <laughs> I especially how good he was as a White Sox, like. Fans adored him at the time. Is there, a, is there a, maybe he's the Jose Rodriguez? Like maybe he's Popeye? Like maybe the, the White Sox will let, you know, Popeye go in like eight years from now and he'll become a 30-year-old stud with a mustache? Or like... But he has to the, play some games. <laughs> he has. I think he's like Eduardo Escobar. He, Jose like Valentin played four games in his was, uh, 1992. He was really nothing with the White Sox. And then when he went to the Twins, the Diamondbacks, etc., became Eduardo Escobar. I don't know about Edward or Escobar, but I do know that there was a certain substance going around in the 90s. So I'm not saying that Jose Valentin maybe took uh, some st- supplements, but oh, I mean, you could, you could just flat well. out accusing somebody of. I mean, accusing. you can grow your mustache without steroids. It wasn't this. Th- I'm saying maybe he got a lot better at baseball. Mm. I don't think it was the mustache. The mustache made him better. You know what's tragic, though? Uh, I was looking for photos for Jose Valentin. Uh, he was the third base coach for the Port- uh, Puerto Rico uh, World Baseball Classic team yep. in 2017. This year? Uh, oh, in 2017. Gotcha. And the first base coach for a long time for the Padre. Mustache is gone. Yeah. Oh, uh, that is a shame. I think the shame. Mets made him shave his mustache. If he someone, if, if an employer of yours said you have to shave your mustache, would, would you? you? Uh, I don't know. No. I have had an employer of mine tell me I had to cut my hair when it was long. Seriously? No. Yeah. Who cares? Huh? Who cares? It was, like, it was for, uh, it was for, for reasons to it was to be presentable on camera is what it was yes. Yes. you are presentable on yeah. camera well now yeah you don't you didn't see that long hair sarah you might have a different you might be singing a different tune if it is allowed in the duber household i would love to see Vinny with long hair again i had it for for a whole year yeah. i would love for you to bring it back yeah i mean i don't and think Lawrence there's a reason hair back sure Alex Did says you, that was it, how long was his? His was like yeah. My remember the Alex, remember like the uh, when he first started? It was like Aaron Rodgers. He had that long hair. Oh, he had like yeah. my length. Yeah, like it was long. That's true. Um, and Alex says that Vinny grew his stash the right way, steroid free. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> correct. Free. That uh, is that's very true. The steroid free Vinny Duber. You could read his uh, writing that doesn't uh, that needs no enhancements uh, over at allchgo.com. You could uh, read him at Vinny Duber. Uh, that's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Eckenroll23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Uh, I agree with Luke, and we'll send you out on this note. Chris Widger needs to be the, the Sox new first base coach because why not? Let's go. Wasn't everybody's complaint about Daryl Boston is that they just kept him around because he was a former White Sox? Thank you. Why would the suggestion to replace him just be another former White Sox? Because he has a ring. Okay. Daryl does too. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just trying to figure it out. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) 